<laughs> Ooh. Ah! Boy, I have thoughts on that. Welcome back to Musical Squares, the album review show where four friends discuss, rate, and rank every album ever made into one definitive list. Wow, great intro. Thank you. I like that. What are we going to talk about this week, guys? Okay, so this week it was my pick, and I picked Fleetwood Mac's 1987 album, Tango in the Night. Oh, dang. That was organic. <laughs> Very nice. so smooth. <laughs> it's the most efficient we've ever been. Love it, love it. Love According it. to let's the list. This, let's keep it rolling. Yeah. Okay, so... We didn't introduce guess, each other. No. My name is Max. <laughs> to my left. We're going counter. Oh, that's clockwise. Jesus hey, I'm Brett. <laughs> I'm Nick. Dennis. It's counterclockwise if you're under the table looking up. Who's under the table? I don't know. Who's under the table right now, Brett? I'd like to know. There could be a lizard. I actually saw a lizard today on the, on, uh, at work. Not at my house. Not at your house, but at work. Brett here thinking it's opposite day. There better not be Someday a lizard population the day, and when it happens, I will be the last one laughing. If it was, then we'd say it was a normal day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Son I'd like to talk bitch. about Tango in the Night now. So, okay, first off, have any of you guys ever listened to this album before? I've heard 90% of it on the radio and in elevators. Okay. I've never consciously listened to Fleetwood Mac until this album. Okay. But it's hard that being avoid. said, I have uh, I knew some of these songs. I just never knew they were Fleetwood You've Mac. Definitely heard them when I brought the CDs over to your house. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Hmm. It's happened. I, I've uh, seen Fleetwood Mac live, and I don't remember a song. Like I'm not joking. Fun intro story here. It's gonna be real fun. Uh, back when I thought we were doing rumors a couple a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I was I was researching it and. They have 11 albums before Rumors, mm-hmm. which I thought, I knew they, you know, I knew they had a couple with mm-hmm. like different singers and stuff, but I didn't know they had 11. So I, I made it a goal to, to listen to all of them. Oh, how were they? Spotty. <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, I only got like four in. I'm going to be honest. Oh, I had so many better things to do. It got really boring. You, so you only listened to the first four? First four. So you heard the Peter Green stuff? Yeah, the, it's good. It's blues. I mean, R.I.P. blues. Yeah. Uh, Usually when people talk about Fleetwood Mac, they just, uh, there's the Peter Green, like, initial era, and then they kind of just cut out everything in between Buckingham and Nick's joining, like it never happened. That fourth album was more in the direction of Fleetwood Mac. Like, that, I don't know if you told me as a teenager, this is Fleetwood Mac's. Which one's the fourth one? I think that's when about when Christy McVie started. Oh, Kiln House? Kiln House. If you that's that's the that, first yeah. one where if you had told me as a teenager this is Fleetwood Mac I'd go okay I can believe that I feel like that's the one where Christine McVie started so, writing songs I think you're right yeah the first I mean the first two are straight blues rock the third is kind of like Santana esque and I didn't know this that they wrote Black Magic Woman that that like you know big Santana song yeah that was a Fleetwood Mac and uh, track. Green Man Alishi Judas Priest yeah I knew that yeah. one and those are the you know who I was familiar with. Neat. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, hang on. Hang on. I've never listened to Tango in the Night before. Are you skipping my opinion? I forgot. Like, Brett, I don't matter. Brett detrailed everything. 
It's called a conversation. That's right. We'll have less of those. <laughs> so you've never heard it before, Dennis. I'll get back to Dennis's book report. Yeah, I've never listened to Tango the Night Before, but I'm very familiar with Little Lies and Everywhere from it just being playing on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Pretty I much, knew, pretty I knew much those two and Seven Wonders. But I didn't know any of those from Fleetwood Mac. That was yeah. new to me. Side A of this album is basically like soft rock radio. I knew Big Love Everywhere. What else? Family Man. Alex plays that one a lot. It's it's possible that I've also heard Big Love. I just didn't really remember it. I didn't remember that one at all. That was definitely oh. fresh for me. Little Lies. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, no no uh, Stevie Nicks songs from this one that I knew previously. Well, and she was that, probably the biggest star at this time. That's actually because... So this album was... It was their first album in five years. Um, after Mirage, which was not very good, in my opinion. Um, the band took a break. They all did solo albums. Stevie Nicks skyrocketed. This was after uh, Belladonna and Wild at Heart. And this was... I think she was on Rock a Little, maybe. Um, yeah, that song with Tom Petty. She had multiple songs with Tom Petty. <sighs> okay. Um you know the one I'm thinking of. Nice try, Brett. Which one are you, are you thinking of? Are you thinking of Stop Dragging My Heart Around? Are you yeah, thinking of Leather sure. and Lace? <laughs> I mean, come on. While we're, are while we're talking about... Are you just being a cocky shit fuck? <laughs> while we're talking about this lull period that they had bef- in between these albums, I did read something. Just to, I tried not to do too much research, uh, but, but I did read that when they were in this gap, they all did solo records. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie Nicks did two. The rest of them all had one at least. And uh, but fucking John McVie just went sailing for like five years. Yeah, or something. sick. That's funny. That's what I would do. That's when you know you're rich as fuck. <laughs> yeah, John. You're like sailing's a hobby. I want to be a me. sailor man. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> what? I've, okay, John McVie is like the epitome of like I don't give a shit. I've seen them live twice, and he like never moved. <laughs> I mean, he he's still in care. a band with a lady who cheated twice. on him or whatever, right? with weird. Lindsay Buckingham or is he not was he out of the I saw them um I saw them with Lindsay Buckingham and then I saw them when Christy McVie rejoined and it was the first time that group was on tour in like 20 years I went and saw it I saw them too You did? Yeah, I'm not jo- I wasn't joking when I said that. I've seen them live. This was the last album of Fleetwood Mac as we know it. You know, like their big uh the rumors line up um, after this album, really probably like a month after, uh, Lindsey Buckingham quit cause he didn't want to go on tour and he, uh, <clears throat> from what I read, he was still like really kind of struggling with his breakup from Stevie Nicks with having to work with her like every day, all the time. He was just like, I need to get out of this. Um, I bet that sucks. Yeah. It's probably pretty awkward. So this was the last album with Lindsey Buckingham, Christine McVie and Stevie Nicks all together. Um, there was another album, Say You Will, in 2003 that had Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. Um, and Christine McVie wrote a couple songs on it, and she does backing vocals. But she has no full contributed songs or singing parts, so she's not really credited on it. Um, so, as, as as we know, this is the last Fleetwood Mac album. Um, and it actually started out as a Lindsey Buckingham solo project. Um, which is why you can really hear like Big Love, Tango in the Night, Caroline, um, and Isn't It Midnight all have like a really similar sound where it's like kind of darker and heavier. And that and was a little Spanishy. Yeah. Uh, that was the stuff he was working on. And then 
I think I, I don't know what label they were on. Do you know, Dennis? Uh, I can find out. Whatever label they were on, approached approached them and said, "Hey, what if you guys get back together and you know?" It was Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers said, "Why don't you guys knock your boots together and make a nice little album?" So, hey, uh, why don't you go make us some money, there, Lindsay? Yeah, and then he did. <laughs> he made them a shitload of money. Um, I think is this their I second guess best-selling I can make album? More money. Second best-selling. But I yeah. hate Stevie. Yeah, well, John McVie was, was in impression. Was that good? a band with that was pretty good. a woman who like cheated on him or whatever. So I mean, well, know. during during the rumors recording, they all like basically it was like an interspecies fuckfest for them. What's yeah. the other species? Yeah, man and woman. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Slam dunk. No, apparently during the rumors recording, they would basically like they'd come in at, in the evening. They'd have dinner. They'd get buck wild on cocaine and like an alcohol and just bone each other and then they record songs at two in the morning it sounds like they probably had the best like three years of yeah. any band ever yeah probably i mean from fleetwood mac like 20 years Tusk, of hell yeah it's kind of tough because rumors sold like 70 million copies or whatever so everything else everyone's just like well whatever it's so hot well it looks like the self-title did a lot better in the united states it was seven times platinum but only went gold in the uk wow uh, and then the other sales figures aren't available other than Canada, where it was also platinum. So I'd assume worldwide, looks like Tang on the Night's probably their second most popular. Well, this is one of the albums that I bought at Walmart for $5, which means it was a really big seller. Yeah. Um, so I was actually curious about that since you said that when you picked it last time. Mm-hmm. You said that you heard a song and were like, that's awesome, and then went and bought it. What song was it? Well, okay, so what actually happened was I was at Walmart with Brett. I saw it there. Um, this was pretty recent into... Wait, I'm here? Yeah, I was with you at Walmart. You didn't remember last time what either. Was this, high school? Uh, it was like nine, nine years ago, so yeah. Wow. It was in 89. Yeah, it was in 1989. <laughs> um, I, I, was, I was getting into Fleetwood Mac because my grandma let me borrow her rumors copy. Um, That's funny. <laughs> and I found it and I thought, this looks cool. Were they still good at this point? And I Googled it, and I listened to Big Love, and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. Um, and then I bought it for four ninety nine. So, okay, so the last thing I'll say, Stevie Nicks uh, was barely around for this album. She was in the studio for like a week and a half or two weeks or something. I read that. Uh, yeah. And she was also drunk like 90% of the time. So a lot of her vocal takes are actually Lindsay Buckingham manipulating her stuff. It's him doing an impression of her. Sometimes <laughs> it is. <laughs> sometimes I, I think I read it. Sometimes it actually is. Yeah, that he, he like he did that. something with. Um, I think what I read is when he used the Fairlight CMI. I don't know what that is, but he apparently used that to like uh, do something that sounds like her, but it's not really her. And I tried to listen really intently to figure out like where it was. Like maybe I can tell. I have no idea. Well, so what I noticed, um, this is a little off track. He built a robot of Stevie Nicks. So I'd never heard the remastered version of this until we picked this. Um, and the remastered version is, it's amazing. It sounds so much clearer. Um, during Little Lies, Stevie Nicks is backing vocal during the chorus. You mm-hmm. know, where she kind of hits that like long, like weird atonal note. That almost doesn't sound like her. I wonder if that's one of the moments where he made a fake stevie nicks could be um 
I don't know what the original version sounds like because the CD I bought is the 2017 remaster, so that's just the one I know. Mm-hmm. But it does sound good. It, it sounds incredible. Yeah. I couldn't find a version of this that wasn't like 50 tracks. Really? So I just stopped around 12. Now Spotify, the 2017 remaster is just the album. Really? Mm-hmm. The last song is You and I Part 2. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a weird song to end it on, in my opinion. Because there's no Part 1. Why don't we talk about that? It was a B-side. I was going to let Max explain it. The whole, the whole. I thought it was like, uh, uh, like we were together. Now we're together again. This is part two. Oh. I thought it was like clever titling. Nah, no, no. <laughs> but there was a part one. No. So okay, should we get into our award-winning section, world the famous. good, the world-famous section, the good? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I guess once again, I will start. Picker um, starts. The picker starts, exactly. Picker starts. Nose picker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I will start off with saying uh, Big Love, one of my favorite songs of all time. I think it's just, it's so good. It's a good song. It's so good. I'm, uh, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Is it good? No, I, know, I, I, I like it. It's a, it's a funky, weird little moody way to start an album. It's cool. I liked it. It wasn't what I was expecting. Around the room, what, good or bad? The sex chant. Ah. Uh. Bad. Uh. You know, I uh. go back and forth on it. It's pretty stupid. I'm back and forth. Sometimes I love it. I hated it from the second uh. I heard it. I think I it's it. annoying. I if hated I'm it the second, listening. the second I heard it, I hated it. The second time I heard it, I went, okay, this is fun. Live, that song is hilarious because Lindsey Buckingham does all, all of it. Uh. And he goes like, uh. oh, ah. It's, it's so funny. Oh, I like it. It sounds like shit. I'm going to keep that under good. Um, did you guys know Lindsey Buckingham only plays with his fingers? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, just based on the riff in Big Love, I, I, mm-hmm. I would expect that. Yeah, it's very intricate. Um, man, I love that song. It's so, it's the, it's so like, kind of like dark and moody and just, it's very energetic at the same time. Yeah. But. Wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Sounds a little bit dangerous. As a first-time listener. <laughs> dangerous. I that's, wouldn't use that word. That's part of the reason why I like this album so much more than... Um, the danger factor? <laughs> <laughs> Makes well, me feel like a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the reasons why this is this usually edges out as my favorite one is just because Lindsey Buckingham's songs kind of have that, like, just a bit of a darker, like, aura to them. His like, songs... While we're on the good, I'm just going to say it. His songs are the best... Mm, no, the Christine McVie songs are the best, but his are good. His are the Big Love and Tango in the Night are just bomb.com. All all three of their songs like all bring something different to the table. Everywhere I think was my favorite Fleetwood Mac song even before I had actually listened to this album. I didn't it was just kind of some, you know, 80s Fleetwood Mac song I liked. I didn't know what it was. I from. didn't really realize that was them until I got this album. You know, yeah. and I'm going through, and everywhere it comes on, I'm like, oh, I love this song. And then, you know, a couple of songs later, Little Lies comes on, and I'm like, oh, shit. Love Little Lies. This album brings the bops, you know? Slaps. It slaps, for sure. It's a true it's a Fortnite slapper. It's a Fortnite. What is that? Is that anything like a foreskin? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if we're done talking about Big Love, I just want to say, 7-1. is going to talk about it oh, again yeah. for 20 minutes. Yeah, I I like the main guitar riff. I think it's real real smooth. Uh, Ooh, kind of 
I wanted to I wanted to ask you in particular too because I did have a comment. This is more about the whole album, but it's very relevant in this song. Okay. The fucking guitar tone. Oh, the tone is awesome. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> like yeah. the whole time. Anytime the fucking guitar comes in, it's like, yeah, like it yeah. sounds great. That, that like, was, that was like one of my a, goods. A very tasteful, nice guitar tone. Yeah, the guitar tone is great. Yeah, I love the, the whole, guitar tone. The whole production of this album is, it, to me, is flawless. Um, very slick. I don't agree with that, but uh, no, actually, I will concede that point. Okay, fair enough. It's half and half for me where I stand on the production. I'm in the mostly good, but there's some just like it's, glaring things that really bother me. It's crystal clear. Like it's it perfect. Is very, oh, technically. Yeah, very. I think it varies song to song for me, but I think overall I can say it has kind of a, uh, I can't describe it any other way than like an airy atmosphere to it. And for the most part, especially on the Buckingham songs, which are my favorite ones, uh, it adds to it. Like it makes it kind of have this weird moody kind of, I, I don't it's know. It's got like a big, yeah, his songs have like a really, very big and open, but like kind of oppressive feel. You can clearly tell from the majority of the songs since they are like, oh, like half the album is Buckingham shit that this was supposed to be like his weirder, darker solo album or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, um, besides Family Man. But <laughs> yeah. We'll he get is to what that he later. Is. Yeah, what else you got to say about Big Love, Dennis? Uh, the only other things I got to say is um, uh, Buckingham's vocals are, you know, good. First, the first thing you hear on the album vocally, uh, he's a great singer. Uh, they're all great singers, in my opinion. Um, I also really enjoy his guitar solos in this song. Yeah, I would say this. This is uh, this is my favorite performance of his as well, vocally, where his voice is like a little bit huskier than before. Um, but later on, he started definitely, like, you can hear the age in his voice a little bit. Um, but You mean later in his career or later in the album? Later in his career. Okay. Like, pretty, almost immediately after this album, um, I think he started to sound a little, just a little worn out. I don't know. I can't say I've heard anything after this. I just want to say Seven Wonders is my favorite Stevie Nicks song. Um, really? Yes, I, I love it so much. Well, I, mm, that one grew on me. Leather and Lace is possibly my favorite Stevie Nicks song. I love that song. I don't know if I've heard that one, but that sounds sexy. That's with Tom Petty. Seven Wonders. Sounds less sexy now. <laughs> Seven Wonders, I will say, out of all of the like radio play, more hit poppy songs, is my favorite one on this album out of those. I have never heard this song in my life. I haven't either. Until it plays at my job. Yeah, whatever it's, last week. It's such a good song. Uh, the first time I was like, man, this is dumb. This is just like pop bullshit yeah it's super but poppy then it was stuck in my head later and i was like okay okay i get it my favorite uh my favorite part of that whole song is at the end when she goes if i live to see that you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i don't know that's uh, the, that's the whole song she has some really goofy vocal runs like in the last couple of choruses one of my one of my notes on this song was stevie nicks's weirdo wavy voice comes rolling in <laughs> i have some shit to say about her voice on so, this album <laughs> have you guys seen the south park uh, where they were making fun of her? No, no. Was, but I imagine there's it was an episode. A long time where... ago, and this was before I really, you know, I knew Fleetwood Mac, but I didn't really understand the, the reference. They they were like everyone was excited because Stevie Nicks was coming to town, and they oh, bring I her off an airplane. It's just a goat. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that now. <laughs> so I I didn't really understand that until listening to this album. This, oh, okay, this, I get the goat thing. I will I will say too, with this song being track two and the first one 
with a female in the band singing, it's a good thing that it was Stevie Nicks because if it was, if it was a Christy McVie song, I would have thought that was Stevie Nicks the whole time. Like, I was that inexperienced. When, and then I realized there was a third voice, and I was like, wait, there's two women in the band? I like Christy McVie know. a lot more. I don't like Christine McVie's voice as much on like the prior albums. It's kind of She's got a voice like this. That low? No. Oh. Tell me lies, tell me sweetly. She's got a very low, breathy voice. I like it. It's nice. Um, she sounds great on this album. Um, I think they're all great singers. Um, Steve, Stevie Nicks is my favorite member of Fleetwood of, like, Mac. One of her older, like, 70s songs. Uh, she had Sugar Daddy. She had um, Don't Stop like Believing. Your brow furrowed, and I could see the gears turning. She had, um, I don't like most of Christine McVie's songs from the prior albums. I don't really like. This album, she really, she kind of owns it. I mean, it, half of it, I would say. Yeah, her songs I, are I great. I would say she took a big step up. I think she's a good vocalist, I think, overall. Yeah. Um, good keyboard player, too. Um, but yeah, I guess just uh, following on from Seven Wonders, I just want to say that the pacing of Side A on this album is just perfect it's just like a, a monster of pop hits like soft rock pop hits you know just like one grocery store another. core what? grocery store core yes <laughs> i hear that i yeah. like that i uh, it's, it's kind of elevatory it is ve- definitely right up basically mystified for me is the first kind of like misstep I, th- this i don't want to go into the bad the first half is kind of hit 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 yes and then the second half is total fucking elevator music the like, second half is like what, what's going on a little bit let's uh um i don't agree with that let's stick to the pros here what do you what, what's your what's your take on you you like when you say second like half you like the last six songs it's or, the, the last like third of it for last me it. for me the first half stops at mystified isn't it midnight I, yeah that's i mean that's side one yeah. of the vinyl <laughs> is, is mystified room? on side a yeah okay it's six and six yeah like i like mystified but um it's one of my my lesser favorite songs on the album. Um, let's let's stick to the good here. Yeah, and then after that, you know, of course, you get Little Lies, which is just the most slap and bop in the world. <laughs> um, and then after that, the album's like almost like I don't I don't want to say experimental because it's not, but it's a little weird after that. Um, yeah, I can hear that. Being after Little Lies, yes, after Little Lies. After Little Lies is like it's like kind of one of the first times there's distortion coming into the album. Uh, it's the first time that there's you know like real ballads. Um, I feel. What was the statement? That side A is is way more consistent than side B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they front loaded this. I yes, think. absolutely. I feel like it's a lot more of a like wavy roller coaster ride than it is like oh this side and then this side now for me it's more like <laughs> i will not say a visual medium wavy okay <laughs> oh kanye west yeah yeah um no side b definitely it side b is almost more interesting though because it's a little weirder um what's what where does side b start family man uh, little lies little lies little lies, little lies rocks family man's funny I am what it's I am. funny. Am what I am. Am what I am. A family man. <laughs> a family man. A family man. Um, and then of course, you know, that's when they invented speed metal. 
with yeah. uh, Isn't It Midnight. For sure. Um, car chase fucking riff at the beginning. <laughs> that song was like disco, man. I don't know what you're talking about. The riff at the beginning? It's the heaviest song on the album. Oh, by far. Okay. I uh, I just want to say about that song real quick. That it's like in the first verse, the last line before they go into the chorus. I I think she says, uh, "You'd stay so long in my mind," or whatever. Like that. I love that movement that she does with the vocals. That's really cool. That's like one of the catchiest cool parts. That's that's one thing I love about that song too. Is that it's like a duet between. Buckingham and Christine. Um, that's also uh, in. Um, I'll save most of this for the bad, but in um, when will I, will I see you again, uh, or when I see you again? Was yeah, when I see you again. Um, I like that it's in the second half of the song. It's almost a duet between Buckingham and Nix. Um, it's kind of it's kind of weird to call that one a duet just because you know the circumstances of why Buckingham has to sing. Yes. The second half of it, because she was so trashed. Yes. Um, but it actually works for the song. Um, I'm not really mad about it. <laughs> I agree. That's one of my favorites. And uh, Whoa. What? That's just that's my least favorite song on the album, like, by far. What? Really? When I See You Again? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. What the hell? Dude, Skip it every I, time. I love that song. I feel like it should have been the closer. That was like the pure ballad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. It should have been the closer. It should have been the closer. Yeah, the that's one thing when I say the the side B is like kind of weird because you and I like no no way how you slice it. That's a weird song. Um especially for a band like Fleetwood Mac. I actually have a lot of positives and specifics about this song. About when I see you again? Yes. Oh, yeah. well, they're all incorrect. Dude, whatever, man. I mean, Stevie Nicks still sounds weird, but whatever. And like Buckingham when he comes in at the end like it's he sounds all powerful it sounds great and like I really like too I I listen to this song a lot and I really started to pay attention to the uh, uh, the percussion Mm -hmm. because you know it's such a mellow song and there's not like full blown drums in it but like when they go into the chorus when she starts doing that you know what's the matter baby and you can hear him he's using like that shaker thing like and it's like really cool and then like um uh on the bridge like right before uh buckingham comes in for his vocal part the the guitar changes and like there's these like really really cool like intertwining guitar harmonies and it's like really pretty sounding like it's really cool it's just there's a lot of subtlety in that song but it like really works like I said, it should have been the closer. It really should have. Um, yeah. I mean, I do like the music of that song. For me, it's it's really Stevie Nicks' vocal performance on it is just really rough. I It took me a few listens to, to enjoy her vocals because they are a little... Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's... Yeah, they're rough. I'm, I'm also just... I'm not a huge fan of ballads in general. Um, it's Ballads are very, very hit and miss for me. And... Um, this is just one of those ones that just doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. It was it was one of my highlights. Well, sure. I'm happy for you. I had quite a few highlights, though. <laughs> we'll get to them. It was passive-aggressive as fuck. <laughs> no, it was genuine. Um, I did gloss over songs like uh, Caroline, which is dope. 
The song rules. I thought Caroline was one of the most interesting ones on here. The chorus is even like not just a standard chorus. It's like a double thing. The Middle Eastern vocals in that are really cool. I don't know if it's Middle Eastern, but you know what I mean. My, uh, some type of ethnic flavor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my eight-year-old son will not stop singing the chorus to that song. Really? Yeah. He loves it. He goes on. Caroline. Yeah. He sings the chorus to that all the time. Cool um, drums, too. Like, um, yeah. You know, ethnic. <laughs> nice ethnic flavor so to it. I've, I've got some things to say about that song later, though. Hmm. Um, I, I'm then, actually really surprised that that song wasn't a hit. It it's feels a dope like song. it could be a radio song. Yeah, I could, I could hear that too. The bass you, is thumping. I did we even talk about? Let's see, everywhere. That's that's probably my favorite Fleetwood Mac song. I love. We did talk about really that pretty. one. That that song is one of the ones that's almost hard to talk about because it's such like an like an ubiquitous like radio staple. Yeah, it's a you huge know? hit. And Everybody knows it. Uh, Little Lies as well, I think, yeah. is yeah. excellent. I love the vocal harmonies in the chorus. It's See, a very big this, uh, choir. Um, the the remastered was, was really fun for me to listen to because, like, in Little Lies, um, you know, uh, Nick's and Buckingham kind of have, like, a trade-off for, like, mm-hmm. the backing harmonies in it. Mm-hmm. I could never hear clearly, and I didn't know that, like, they kept that note, like, kind of straight the whole time. Um, I always thought it went down at the end. So it was neat to hear, you know, I could hear it clear for the first time. You got to really dig in. That's great. Yeah. It was beautiful. I was going to say, I really liked the the background vocals um, on the chorus for Everywhere. That was something that I started focusing in on after a few listens. Like, this album is full of really good background vocals. Like a lot of interesting uses of background vocals and chanting and like weird the sex noises you know i think that's what you get when you have a band that has three full vocalists you know like and, full lead singers and just you know money out their assholes to spend in the studio yeah yeah you know, the, the moody blues had four vocalists but they never did sex sounds between the four of them, so. <laughs> and that's honestly that's why oh, you don't you don't oh, hear the moody oh, blues oh, oh two guys <laughs> <laughs> but that's why you don't hear the moody blues mentioned uh in best-selling albums next to fleetwood mac they didn't do sex sounds I think you hear them mentioned in some lists. Yeah. <laughs> um, Definitely. Okay, the last thing on the good that I want to talk about is the title track, hmm. which is just, it's a cool song. Yeah. It's like kind of dark and spooky. It is. Um, it's got lots of like the... I think that's the, the song. You think that's heavier than... I, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's actually heavy. The The other one has a guitar riff and it's a disco song <laughs> that's fair enough yeah the, isn't it midnight's just got a very prominent riff but as far as like the actual like song There's goes no tango of the night the is darker yeah tango of the night's like a real yeah yeah and it's got that what you're a real bopper <laughs> we're saying bopper now it's got what you're talking about with like all the like the kind of like just weird vocal stuff in the background yeah. the, that's the most that and caroline are the most like uh progressive i guess i don't know if that's the right word but yeah i would if I would love an entire album of basically Big Love, Caroline, and Tango the Night Sound. Kind of would have, yeah, it would have been great. Yeah. What could have been. But then I would have missed the uh, Christine McVie songs. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. And I'm not buying two albums. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that your last point was the title track because I want to talk about this fucking song. I did not like this song at first. Okay. Like, and it wasn't like, you know, like, like oh, I think this is bad. It was more like, 
it was in one ear out the other for me. The first few times I listened to the album as a whole, for some reason, I just got lost in it. Mm. And then when I started to pay attention, this is like my favorite fucking song now on the album. Like I, I absolutely love it. Like, would you, would you designate it as a bop? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I love a the real, verses. A real ring-a-dinger. Especially when that <laughs> shit kicks in and he does that fucking, then I remember. And it's a dun-dun-dun-dun. That's, that's my fucking shit. The guitar solo that closes it out is fucking awesome, too. Like, there's no other way to describe it besides just fucking yep. awesome. A lot of people say that uh, Lindsey Buckingham actually invented slam death on that song. <laughs> yes, he did with the bump, bump, yeah. bump. Put Reese over that. It'll be good. I thought it was more of a porno core kind of thing. <laughs> you know, the, it's debatable in the community because porno core wasn't quite like it was fledgling at this time, you know. And some say Lindsey Buckingham was just ripping off the sound. It, I mean, it's really it's pure noise. But can I tell you guys precursor. my my uh, self analyzation as to why I don't think I paid attention to this song at first? It's just because it's too spooky. Mm-hmm. Well, no, like before I even heard you know, it, like I knew it was, I knew it was Aww. the title track. And for some reason I heard it sung to the tune of uh, Kiss's Creatures of the Night. So I was just imagining it would be, <laughs> Tango in the Night! That would be pretty good. And then though. it just wasn't that. And I was like subconsciously disappointed. But then when I actually listened to it, I was like, like I said, this song now, after listening to it so much, this is probably my favorite one. It's tied with... Caroline or um, uh, one we haven't talked about yet. I'll save it. That's it. Just go for it. Welcome to the room, Sarah. That's your favorite? It was my first favorite You're on the album. Gross freak. You wait. You hey, wait. That's I'm one of my favorites, about, I'm going to talk about that fucking song a that's lot. That's a great song. Do you guys that's know, <clears throat> do you guys know uh, what Sarah refers to? It's the, the alias she used when she checked herself into rehab. Yeah, it's her... That's the name she uses. Welcome to the room, Sarah. This was the first song Made when you cry. I listened to this album. <laughs> this is the first song that I ever had sex to. Wow. Nah. Yeah, Welcome to the Room, Sarah. This was the first song uh, when I first listened to the album that uh, really grabbed my attention, and I really liked it. Um, That's bizarre to me. I know. It's a, it's a, it's an odd choice. I, I'm with Nick here. I... I, when I first heard the song, I fucking loved it. Yeah. It's okay. The lyrics are goofy. I wouldn't put it in the bad, but I wouldn't put it in the good. The lyrics are goofy, but I, kind of in like a, uh, considering the context of the song, which I only looked up recently after listening to this for like a month, hmm. but uh, they're goofy, but they're, they kind of make sense for the context, I guess. Yeah, I thought they were endearing and personal, and I really liked that. The only yeah. thing I have in my notes for this one, Goat Vox. Goat Fox? Goat Fox. Oh, Goat Fox, yeah. This is her her at her bleediest. It is, definitely. Um, When I see you again. It's my favorite song to impersonate her on, though, with this one. Because, like, uh, well, I I like uh, when Buckingham's uh, backups on the song and his harmonies sound really good on it. Hmm. But um, my favorite part by far is when he comes in and he does that line where he's like, the first cut is the deepest term. Yeah. And then and then she comes in and interrupts him and goes, and the second one. <laughs> that cracks. It's so dumb. That's my favorite. I love that it. shit, dude. And the harmony that they do on the line right after that is 
is like just like full blown. It's it's good. I love that song. Yeah, when they both <laughs> sing together, it sounds so cool. Yeah. No, and the second one. I I know we're we're making fun of Stevie Nicks here about sounding like a goat. Um, if you guys ever want to hear a male version of her who actually had the nickname the electric goat a guy named Robert Roger Chapman who sang in the band Family so if you really like Stephen was vocals, he a family man yeah that's what I was about to ask well I have no idea hmm. Lindsey Buckingham should have had a, a band called Buckingham's Palace yeah like a prog rock band called Palace that would have been fucking cool yeah it's a missed opportunity definitely only he could have done it literally only him <laughs> Also, he has a girl's name. So, and Stevie Nicks has a boy's name. Ooh, how her old name is Stephanie? That? Yeah, she goes by Stevie. Yeah, I know. Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay's name turns is out, Stephen Nicks. Turns out people have been calling her Steve. She doesn't like it. Lindsay's name is Linzerton. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? I do not know. I would say probably not. Oh, Stevie okay. Nicks was like, people have been calling me Stevie for years. I don't like it. <laughs> what have you ever seen it's on the album cover <laughs> have you ever seen the buckingham nicks album cover so uh, they yeah, they have that. a they have a solo album before they join fleetwood mac and it's it's Lindsay buckingham with this crazy ass perm and like That's a huge awesome. mustache and stevie nicks just like straight up titty out on the album cover love it it's they're like real life titty you don't see you don't see full titty. They're going for like a windblown bohemian thing. Yeah, they're it's kind of like shirtless. That's exotic. It's wild. Very exotic for two whiteies. <laughs> for two British whiteies. <laughs> they're American, actually, Nick. Oh shit! Sorry. Are you serious? They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are they? you serious? Yeah. I did not know that. The I rest they were all fucking British. British. I don't know. Wow. I truly had no idea. I said I've seen them live. I don't know anything. I thought Stevie Nicks kind of has a country vibe uh, in some of her music. Yeah. But I mm-hmm. just assumed that was appropriation. It's not she was the real deal. If you'd like to hear Stevie Nicks uh, hit some real great kind of new agey country stuff, her album Trouble and Shangri-La, great. Mm, definitely not interested. There must be a later one because I've never heard of that. It's from 2003. Yeah, I'm not going to check that out. It sounds good. like Prime Era. <laughs> it's really good. They actually, She actually did a re-recording of one of the, uh, the first songs her and Lindsey Buckingham wrote together. Planets of the Universe. Okay. Uh, I just, and it's got Shania Twain on it. Ooh, I do love that. That, uh, that Buckingham Nicks album is not available on CD. to listen to. Yeah, no, it's super rare. They never reissued it on CD. Doesn't it have a version of uh, Crystalline on it? I don't know. No clue. I never heard it. Yeah. I don't I know what that it is. It's, uh, it's interesting because they blew the fuck up. You figure that that would be at high demand. Yeah, I mean, anything on Broadway would just print money, especially reissues uh-huh. of old shit. It's almost like they're they must be embarrassed of it or don't like it or something. Well, it does have almost her whole titty on the cover. <laughs> That's awesome. It That's is pretty sweet. Part. It is pretty sweet. Just digital that titty. Embrace the titty. <laughs> Digitize that titty. It's like when I heard learned that fog hat were British. Yeah. What? They sound so American. They're British? They're British. Wow. They sound like they're they're from Chicago or Detroit or something. That's like telling me in Living Colors from Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to go anywhere with that. Brett, let's get to your good. Well. Yeah, you got anything to add to the good, Brent? Little lies uh, everywhere. I I, I think the, the, uh, what's her name? Christine McVie songs edge out for the winner for me. Even though uh, the Buckingham, Lindsey Buckingham songs are the most interesting, the most varied. The McVie songs are just such earworms. 
Yeah, and her voice, the the way uh, they like stack the harmonies are are just really pretty. It she just did a good job, you know. Uh, family man, it's cute. It's funny, you know. A family. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, he is what he is. I was I was listening to this album a couple weeks ago, and my wife Bronwyn was just like, "What the fuck are these lyrics?" When we got to Family Man, she was just I like, am "What I am, I am what I am." She was like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" <laughs> Speaking of the lyrics on this album, I will say that uh, Christine and Lindsay's songs, I would say, are a little bit like lightweight with the lyrics, and I feel like Stevie Nicks does better with them. Like they're more. Her lyrics make sense. Lyrically? Well, like you yeah. said, more, hers are more personal. Did yeah, she, I, I think Stevie Nicks is the best lyricist in the band. Lindsey Buckingham's are like esoteric and weird. And how, like how is the nonsense. songwriting broken down in this? Did they basically write the songs that they sang? Uh, not not always. This, this one's different than the rest of them. That's how it is on like the other oh, four that's, albums. That's Thunder, if anyone's listening to Come that. Down Under. Um, it used to be pretty much uh, like kind of one of the only songs that like like notable ones christine mcvee wrote um go your own way but lindsey buckingham and stevie nicks sing it Mm -hmm. but it was pretty much whoever wrote their song they sang it right but on this one um uh lindsey buckingham and christine mcvee sing a lot of each other's songs too so well the stevie nicks songs you say you like the lyrics are those all her lyrics i think Uh, so so the three stevie nicks songs um one of Seven Wonders is co-written with a producer. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a collaborator of hers who had like a solo career that I'm not familiar with. Her name's Sandy Stewart. She co-wrote Seven Wonders. Um, like whoever sings the song usually writes the song. Uh, I mean, the only exceptions here are Mystified is Christine McVie and Buckingham both wrote that one together. Uh, Little mm. Lies has a co-writer, Eddie Cantella. I'm not sure who that is. That was, that's her uh, her husband. I thought John McVie was her husband. Now they were divorced at this time. They divorced oh, like shit. ten years before this. Okay, well, shows what I know. Uh, Legendary yeah, breakup. Can't believe you haven't heard of that. I I only knew that uh, in the Lindsay tabloids. Buckingham and Stevie Nicks were together and then broken up. I thought I thought Christine and John were were still married. No, no they were broke up by this time. Divorced. The rumors. The rumor session was basically like, like I said, an interspecies fuck fest for all five band members. Interspecial. Okay. <laughs> Interspecial. Uh, okay, so I guess he's her husband. Um, the other guy who co-produced the album with Lindsey Buckingham, Richard Dashut. Dashut. He worked with him. Uh, he co-wrote Family Man. Um, you and I Part 2 is Christine McVie and Lindsey Buckingham together. And then Isn't It Midnight was Buckingham, Christine McVie, and her husband, Eddie Cantella. Hmm. I didn't realize that they collaborated on so many of them. That's neat. Yeah. Eddie the Gorilla Cantilla. <laughs> yes, he's famous for that nickname. That is what he's known as. Is he a gorilla in bed or in the streets? We don't it's talk about their sex lives. G-E-U, gorilla. He's oh, a, gorilla. Yeah, he's a... Uh, he's tact- actually Che Guevara. A, a tactless murderer. Interesting. What yeah, other nice always things... always hated him. <laughs> <laughs> what other nice things do you have to say? <laughs> That's it. I like the drums in Caroline, I guess. <laughs> okay. Nick? Um, yeah, no, uh, we talked about all the good songs that I liked. You are so loud. Okay. <laughs> Your face, Nick. <clears throat> okay, uh, we talked about all the good songs that I liked. Uh, 
Um, we did talk about a little bit about the production that I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, the guitar tone's great. Uh, it's a varied album, which to me, for the most part, is positive for mm-hmm. this particular one. Um, I think the only thing that I didn't get to mention about one of the songs is, uh, even though we did talk about it, I should have mentioned it, but um, on Caroline, the intro, same thing as the outro, uh, what you were saying, or what uh, Dennis was saying about uh, sounding exotic and whatnot, mm-hmm. to me, first thing I thought of, that Poison Ivy reveal scene in Batman and Robin, when they got the, <laughs> <laughs> when they have the uh, ape people dancing around, and then they like, and then Batman and Robin bid on her. Yeah, I haven't seen that since I was a little kid. That's it. Sounds like the music in it's, that scene. It is painful. underrated movie. It is painful to watch. Underrated. Dude. If you take it, I uh, save that for the movie podcast. Yeah, all the right. first, well, I will. The first one I had of those movies that I had watched as an adult again was. Batman Returns, and I thought it was ridiculous. And then I went back and watched Batman, and I loved it. And then I went back and watched Batman Returns, and then I liked it. Have we talked seen... about this on one of the practice episodes, I think. Have you seen Batman Forever recently? Because that movie is a poo-poo. Is that, um, <laughs> what's his name? Val Tommy Kilmer. Lee Jones Val and Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was fucking great. And Val Kilmer. Jim you guys all said much. different names, and then everyone okay. said Jim Carrey at the same time. <laughs> Jim funny. Carrey. Jim Carrey from Sonic. Jim Carrey. <laughs> Jim Carrey from yeah, Sonic. Jim Carrey from Mi- Mr. Megorium's Magic Emporium. <laughs> the, guy, the guy from the number twenty-three. From Popper, Popper's Penguins. What is that? Penguin the Popper. Mr. Popper's Penguins. What is it? I keep seeing the cable guy pop up on Amazon, and it calls it like a a comic caper, and I'm like, this movie is not funny. <laughs> when we pass through that, every time I say, "Oh, Larry the Cable Guy," <laughs> Katie just loves it. Wait, people think the guy from the Truman Show is funny. Yes. He's got a, <laughs> From Horton, here's a who? He's got a good vibe. The Grinch? <laughs> so anyways, we're, yeah, we're talking like about... Poison Ivy scene. We were talking That's about awesome. The Cat in the Hat starring Mike Myers. Um, the 2003 just opus. I have another funny story. Can I do that? <laughs> yeah. Sure. I was at Walmart around the time that movie came out, and an old woman was there buying a video game for her grandkid, and the guy she was like what what should i get him and the guy working there was like uh, i don't know and she was like is this good and pointed to the cat in the hat ps2 game no and the, and the guy was like sure <laughs> and literally <laughs> the old lady bought the cat in the hat video game for her teenage hell yeah son. he was I, so happy i bet <laughs> dude I mean, you could tell I've thought about this for 15 years. Like, that's the funniest, saddest thing that's ever happened. Actually, I have a funny story with that movie, too. Do you... I don't... Have you guys seen it? Have you seen The Cat in the Hat? No, I've never seen it. Yeah, my son watches it. Do you know the part where he, like, gets hit in the face with a rake or whatever, a hoe? And he goes, you dirty hoe. I used to say that all the time. And, you know, I was, like, 11. And my mom would get so mad. She'd say, you need to stop swearing. And I'd say, I'm talking about... A gardening tool mom <laughs> nice shit what the hell is she gonna do about that shut that bitch up <laughs> a bitch is a female dog <laughs> and then i used to always i go crab she's don't you say it i say crab <laughs> nice parents just don't understand <laughs> what were we talking about oh uh, the the uh 
the, the poison ivy intro on caroline yes yeah. um anyway that was the last thing that i really had to say or add what about you dennis uh yeah i mean i, I already said the, the good i had for big love um I mean, Seven Wonders, I like that song. It's great. I like the chorus a lot. I enjoy the instrumental. I thought it was really well layered. And good vocals from Stevie Nicks. I like her voice a lot. Um, and this is a better lyrical song than Big Love. Um, uh, like, Everywhere is just a great pop song. It's a huge hit. It's a huge chorus. More great vocals from Christine. Uh, I really like the outro section of that song. There's, like, this nice little keyboard melody that comes in that I really dig. Um, Caroline... Uh, kind of, kind of struggle to find anything good to say about this one. But I, I think the chorus is catchy, um, and I enjoy the subtle guitar work. Uh, uh, this isn't one of my favorites. I'll always say I love that song, but I've always found it funny. The chorus is almost entirely him just saying the word Caroline. Yes, like that is incredibly lazy. But then, da 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 da. It's a two-part chorus. Yeah, that's I mean, true. It, it, but just singing That's not lazy. singing out a name is about as, as low effort as you can get. But, but the, the melody notes? it's more about notes. Yeah. yeah it's catchy like, as hell. Yeah, I'm not I'm saying some of the best songs ever are just girl names. I'm saying that's that's not creative. But you're not creative. Yeah, I don't I'm not very creative. <laughs> you're no. being so so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I love the song, I love the chorus. I just always thought it was silly that the chorus is almost entirely him just singing a girl's name. There are so many like hard rock and metal songs where the chorus is just the title of the song, just shouted. That's always funny to me. I mean, he went through more of an effort to make the chorus worthwhile by having good vocal melody instead of just saying it and shouting it. Yes, over that's and true. Over. I mean, but yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, Tango in the Night is one of my favorite songs, the title track. I really like the soft intro on this song. I really dig that. I think the instrumental is great. Uh, and when it fucking kicks in it's yeah. awesome yeah yeah when it kicks in it's great um it's more good vocals from Lindsay buckingham i really like them six uh, solo yeah then there's, i remember <laughs> uh there's like a dramatic element to this song that i really enjoyed or it's kind of dark uh there's some haunting keyboards there's like a specifically there's like a haunting little keyboard break right before the guitar solo that i really enjoy um uh, skipping a song because I don't have anything good to say about this one. Uh, just going on to Little Lies. This is also a huge, huge hit. Uh, another big chorus. It's a great pop song. Uh, and like we were talking about earlier, just a spotlight. Uh, Lindsay and Stevie's backing vocals. I think they're great. They're really nice. And this is the first song where the bass actually stood out to me. I liked what John McVie was doing on this this song. I have some things to say about the bass when we get... Okay. To our next world famous section. Um, really, it didn't it didn't stick out to you on uh, winning. everywhere? Winning. I can't tell what's a keyboard and what's a fucking instrument in this album. Yeah, I think that <laughs> might have been the point. That might have been my issue with everywhere. I, I assumed that was a keyboard. Uh, space. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. He, I, I just assumed the producer played all the instruments, but the guitar. <laughs> uh, they recorded yeah. this like at. Buckingham's house, I think. They did Buckingham's the vocal palace. <laughs> <laughs> God, did, why didn't he name it that? We got there at the same time, maybe a little bit sooner. <laughs> John uh, Mick Fleetwood's a good drummer. I know, but I've I've got some things to say about Mick Fleetwood's performance on this album. The this is going into the half of the production that I didn't think is a good, you know, that yeah, not same. positive. Um, we can talk about it later. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll wrap up the. Uh, 
the good, just going through the tracks. Uh, Family Man, uh, my, my first uh, bullet point for a positive was boing, because <laughs> it starts <laughs> like that, and I love that. Um, I like the instrumental on this song a lot, too. It's another great chorus, and there's another great guitar solo from uh, Lindsey Buckingham. Um, I didn't, yeah, before listening to this album, I didn't really think of Lindsey Buckingham as, like, a good guitar player. I just thought he was all right. He's tasteful. I'd yeah, I'd he is very same. tasteful. Yeah, like I just, said, man, the the solos and the and the tone throughout the whole record, like guitar is fucking great. He seems like yeah. he would be uh, like a session player that could yeah. be, uh, you know, on yeah. fucking anything. Very yeah. clean, very tasteful, mm-hmm. uh, good variety. Yeah, really a, a backup guitarist for a pop group, which is kind of what he turned into. I will say, um, their Fleetwood Mac's technically last album, say you will. He writes probably half of it, and it's it's a little too long. It's like sixteen songs. I love your deep, your depth of knowledge of <laughs> late Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> but late Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> I will say, if you like his guitar work, that album is is full of just kind of neat neat stuff. It's worth listening to. I might give that a listen at some point. I won't say it's a great album. Maybe, maybe I won't listen to it then. <laughs> but I'll say I'm uh, I'm not interested. I'll say I've listened to it a lot. Okay. I think we're going to start calling you Fleetwood Max. Ooh. Oh, my God. I love that. How has yeah. that not happened yet? I don't know. Well, it just happened. But uh, <laughs> I feel like it's a little late. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, we should have fucking... thought of that way before we ever decided to do a podcast talking about albums and stuff. I had a friend named Def Leppard Josh for so long. Or <laughs> <laughs> Fleetwood Max. I remember with, like in the height of my Fleetwood Mac fandom, I'd be in the car with you, and I'd be like, hey, man, let me check out 101 The Fox. And you'd, be, that you'd be like, no. Thinking about tomorrow, I'll be on. No. And then I go to it and inevitably either go your own way, uh, don't stop, or Stevie Nicks' um, Edge of 17 would be on. And you'd be like, God damn it. And it you would know, bop. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac is never, it's, it's right in what should be my wheelhouse, but they just never ensnared me. Like, they're contemporaries. I don't know what their contemporaries would be because they're they're pretty unique. But could know, it be because they were so like popular and like I said earlier, like kind of like ubiquitous? Where it was just maybe, but I mean, they're. I honestly don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like my brain was trying to not let me know what Fleetwood Mac was <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I swear to you guys, like I'm not joking, like. I knew some of these songs, had no idea who it was, never cared to really look it up. Like, the hits never grabbed me to be like, who is this? And then even seeing them live, I don't really remember anything. Like, I I remember Tusk. That was it. Because they play the the stuff on the screen during Tusk. It's like someone made up a movie about the 70s and had a band in it that they made up. Yeah. Like... That's a know. really good description. Yeah. Oh, I saw them before the movie came, the movie Tusk came out. There's a movie for Tusk? <laughs> no. The movie different. Tusk, the Kevin yeah. Smith movie. Oh, that's the uh, which features the songs Tusk. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. The uh, uh, the <laughs> it's the only that, one I remember. It was into like adulthood the first time that I I actually went okay I'm gonna listen to Fleetwood Mac and I put on Rumors and I was like okay this song and the next song is like okay this song like I know this one. I know this one. I know this one. I might as well have just left it on the radio. 
You know, the, the entire album was that. Literally. It's what the second best. You know, you don't have to pay time. money for that one. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, insane. but I, I believe that. Not, and that's not a. That's the same thing when I first tried to listen to Dark Side of the Moon. Literally, every one of those songs is on constant radio play. That's how I'm that's with not the a Who. Bad thing. They're not bad songs by any means. I. I just have no interest in. Hearing. I don't really experience that because I don't listen to the radio very often. So when I first heard rumors, they were all like kind of new a to weird me. Robot. What? A weird robot. The radio. You. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I didn't mean to knock you down in the mud. Cut me deep. For the uh, listeners, Dennis is actually crying a little bit of oil right now. <laughs> nice freak. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to your good tin man. <laughs> uh should we should we move on for me wrapping up the good yeah yes okay uh so yeah welcome to the room sarah this is one of my favorite songs on the album it's another more lyrical song from stevie nicks and it's personal i really enjoy it yeah yeah high five. <laughs> well, that sounded good <laughs> yeah so yeah i, I the, the vocals the instrumental the arrangement there's a lot for me to like here that's plenty of hooks too um uh, just a funny thing about this song is when I was first listening to it, I, I, I when I first listened to the album, I didn't look at the track list. So I didn't know what the songs were called. And I thought in the course she was singing, Welcome to the World Fair. And I was like, oh, that's that's uh, you know, that's kind of cool. Hey, that's nice of her to make a song for the fair. <laughs> yeah, for the World Fair, that's cool. Um, it was the theme song they chose. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was For like, old oh, Shawnee man. days. And then she was talking <laughs> about. Out she winter. was talking about the second year and the second fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw Blue Oyster Cult at Old Shawnee Days, and it was one of the best concerts I'd ever seen. I caught a pick. I uh, wish I I only got to see Edgar Winter at that, Old Shawnee Days. That's awesome. Though. That's Edgar Winter cool. rocks. Yeah, I would, I would go see the, Edgar the man. Think about Edgar Winter versus Blue Oyster Cult, though. Mm, and there's a pretty they're, clear difference. They're not that far off. For me, I'd I'd like to see both of those equally <laughs> yeah i bet edgar winter would put on an incredible show yeah. it was i had never heard of him but it was a good show you're you're probably too young to get it yeah i was like 16 i mean you now still <laughs> probably <laughs> you're not a 60 year old man That's i will true. say the like seeing blue oyster a cool mustache at the uh shawnee fair uh, and old olathe days too right? oh, you saw them there too I've seen them twice. One yeah. Old Olathe days, one old Shawnee days. <laughs> but like, I read the Shawnee days, the show was free. Like, we just oh, went. And then I paid to see them once, too. I've seen Yeah, them. yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, but when they came, since then, I've actually gotten into Blue Oyster Cult. I own a few records, and I would like to see them play again. But now I'm like, ah, they ain't worth more than a free ticket. <laughs> <laughs> they already undercut themselves. They undercut themselves. I was like, ugh, 40 bucks. Cannibalism business. So I'm like, man, I'll just catch him at the next fair. Catch him at the Ferris wheel. I said, sorry we keep cutting you off, Dennis. Oh, I don't care. I'm going to get through my spiel eventually. We got shit to talk. We're making fair references now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's your favorite ride? <laughs> I like the corn husker. <laughs> the corn. Remember the uh, Finnish fling? Fishing fling. I love that. It's a good one. Just it's called different stuff at different fairs. <laughs> it's just a classic setup for a spinny. It's the spinny one where you stick to the wall. I feel G-forces yeah. a lot, like in the pit of my stomach, so I can't do those kind of rides. I'm sorry. This is a Midwest-only podcast. <laughs> if you're from the, the coast, you fling. can suck a dick. These references are obscure and not funny. 
Why don't you go ride the fucking bamboos there, you pussies. <laughs> Dummies. Okay, back. <laughs> back to the album. Um, just the last thing about Welcome to the Room, Sarah. Stevie's vocals in the bridge are super sexy, in my opinion. You're talking about when she does... She get a little big boner? House at the big old house in mine. Mm. That part, yeah. That's the kind of voice I want to come home to every night. You know? It's weird how we are like directly in sync about the song. We're welcoming her to the room. Brett and... Oh, I'll let her into more than the room. <laughs> oh, nice. Brett and Max are fucking just stopping her at the door. <laughs> Wait, are we it's talking about, about Welcome to the Room Sarah yeah. or When I See You Again? Welcome to the Room Sarah. I love Welcome to the Room Sarah. Oh, I, I thought you good. said you didn't like that one. I, I said this is in my gray area for songs. Ooh. It's not bad. I don't, the fact that I've listened to it I mean, I remember it pretty... I remember the chorus of it and everything. Like, it's a memorable, catchy song. You should let her in, Brett. It's really not bad. But it's the most goat vocal uh, song I've ever heard. See, about this album, this is... Stephen X had kind of, like, destroyed... genre of goat vocal. She destroyed her, like, sinuses and shit with cocaine. So that's why she's got that weird... She got that weird warbly <laughs> voice. Um, That's not my fault. And after after this, you know, like as she went on, it's she started like sounding three a lot better. Years after her prime, and she sounds like an old woman. She's this is this is probably her lowest sexy um, old woman. I mean, she's still she's, sexy. She is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I don't think she's I a hold bad her hand. singer either. I'm not trying to be mean. But no, she just sounds kind of goofy on this album. Yes. Eh. Agree to disagree. But, Welcome to the room, Sarah. Is a bop. Okay. When I see you again, or whatever. All right, all right. Not my favorite. Um, well, moving on. It's a real dazzler. <laughs> Isn't it midnight? Uh, the first thing I thought when I heard the song is, this one rocks. This one's pretty rocking. It's a uh, little startling. It's a it, car yeah, chase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the chorus. I love the song a lot. It's probably one of my favorites on the album. Uh, and this is also one where John McVie's bass playing stood out to me. I like what he was doing on this one. And yeah, I want to. I want to bring that up later. There's another another very good uh, Lindsey Buckingham guitar solo in this song as well. Uh, moving on, when I see you again, it's tender ballad, very romantic. I like that. Um, just back on Stevie Nicks's sexy voice uh, when she starts getting the "What's the matter, baby?" You Steve half chub. Start practicing your kegels. Yeah. We're going to come home and you're going to have a goat on the couch that you're cuddling. <laughs> I met her on Tinder. I, wh- okay. Her name is Farmers Stevie. only, dude. Farmers only. <laughs> Farmers only. Um, I like Lindsay's vocals on this where he comes in, in the second half. Um, just the uh, circumstances for the song where uh, Stevie was so drunk and trash that she couldn't sing it. Lindsay had to step in and do it. It works for the song. I Is was that surprised. Really the story? Yeah, she she would show up in the studio, just totally trashed, and she would just like drink like a glass of whiskey. I think it was that I read, and she could barely get through the songs. And he had to sing. Uh, she got through a half of it. Oh, I mean, if you she's only on three songs on this album. She, the the way I read it, she apparently like did vocal takes for the entire song, but they sounded so goddamn bad that Lindsay had to go in and just put himself. Really? And that's yeah. what we were saying earlier. That's, I mean, I, I understand that she's not on a, the album a lot, but to actually start a song and then not be able to finish it is like... She was apparently that level. drunk. Like, try again the next day, but I'm guessing yeah. the next day she was fucked up too. Well, she, also, she was on tour Yeah. Um, for, I think, Rock a Little. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's what we were saying earlier. Where apparently Lindsey Buckingham had to like edit like tapes to get um, takes of her that worked well together. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and just a final note on that song uh, with Lindsey's vocals coming in. Uh, like they sound more distant than Stevie's vocals on the song, but I think that fits with the theme of it, and mm-hmm. it's like a really nice touch. Uh, like the last uh, lyric that Stevie Nicks sings is at least there is a dream left. And then Lindsay comes in with the dreamlike vocals. Like he's the dream of, you know, of a love that used to be. That's beautiful. Yeah. You're reading too deep. I don't think I'm reading too deep. I think that's actually what the song is about. It should have been the closer. Yeah. I agree with you. I didn't think about that at the time, but I agree that this is more of a closer. Um, that's hold, typically, hold that thought. typically that's how they close their albums is on kind of like, uh, softer, slightly ominous songs. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying this song is ominous, but this album is kind of an outlier in yeah. that it ends on a very upbeat, fast uh, song. All the albums I've heard, they end on blues jams. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard uh, Fleetwood Mac? Have you heard Rumors? Have you heard Tusk? I don't know, probably. In elevators. Because Rumors ends with Gold Dust Woman, which is one of the spookiest. How bitterly you said that. <laughs> Fucking elevators, maybe. <laughs> I, if I could edit the album, I would probably put You and I Part 2 at the start of Side 2 of the vinyl and just bump everything else down. I feel like that would have flowed better. Yeah, would, You'd put You and I at I Part 2 earlier in the album? Yeah, I'd put it as Track 7 that starts off Side 2 of the vinyl. I'd put that song in the trash. Ooh. I'm, uh, funny. Not Really? Nice. Yeah, That's we'll get to it up. here in a sec. If they cut off, <laughs> if they cut off like a third of this album, it would be a I'm tight, with you, lean, mean, fucking machine. I'm very much with you there. A It'd also be like a 29 is, minute a third album. Of this album is pure drivel. I think th- there's a, there's two songs that can be tossed away. I skipped one of them, and one of them I didn't have a whole lot of good to say about. Uh, but yeah, mean, I'll get to that you, in the bad, I guess. Did you skip it while listening to it? No, I never skip oh, songs. I skip talking about say. it in the good section because I don't have anything good to say about it. No, I never skip songs. Let's call you Damn a right. liar. I definitely agree with you, though, Brett. Um, we'll talk about it more in the bad. I agree with you, but I think we're going to disagree on which songs should be cut. I disagree. <laughs> really? I don't know. I don't know. I know. <laughs> we'll find out. Stuff we'll now. find out. <laughs> Let's disagree that we're going to disagree. Listen, I'm the moderator here. I say it's time to move on to our award-winning section. Hang on. I haven't said in my good about you Dennis, and I you've part been two. Okay, I'm sorry. I keep I do well, I've done this. interrupting me. How many <laughs> times true. have I done this, Dennis? Like four times? Where I think you're done and you're not? Yeah, I'm never done, baby. <laughs> but then he remembered. <laughs> Just Yeah, okay. I do real quick. Skim you and I part two. It's a really fun song. I really Just like skim the, the last few pages. Skim the last few pages. <laughs> Just it's one page. Uh, it's a playful and romantic song, and I really like it. I, you know, I thought it was a good closer. Then Nick brought it up that uh, when I see you again, it'll be better, and I'll, I'll, I'll concede that that would be a better closer. Uh, Thematically, too, that would have been a good closer. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, and <laughs> there's a lot of subtle it. hooks in you and I part two that I really enjoy. And that's that's all for my good until I get to my overall. Word. Now, <clears throat> the bird. Now for our award-winning section, the bailed. Let's go. We know Max don't have shit to say. Uh, this, you know, when we say award-winning, we mean people like Howard Stern uh, gave us an award. Alex Jones too. Alex Jones said, you know, if you guys keep a section this good, we're going to send you some supplements. 
Um, they actually you know. modeled their whole careers after this section. Yeah. Who did? Both Alex, of them. Alex Jones <laughs> and Howard Stern. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I will start the bed. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff I've already talked about. Like, uh, I've never, I've never liked "Welcome to the Room," Sarah, very much. Um, it's one of the songs I always skip. Um, Stevie, and like we said, Stevie Nicks' vocals. This is kind of her low point in terms of her vocal performances. Um, she got a lot better after this. Um, You're sending mixed signals because earlier you just said that it was a good song and you enjoyed it. I was talking about. Uh, oh shit! I meant to say "When I See You Again." Oh okay. I get them mixed up. I'm sorry. It's because they both start with the W. Can't rewind time. I would say a lot of stuff we've kind of already touched on. Um, the pacing in side B is definitely off compared to side A. Um, there's still The songs are all still pretty great. Um, but there's just something about the first half of this album where it's just like bop, 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 bop. You know, it's so good. Um, the, the blast beat. It's like I heard then, a guy do that in real life. He was walking around at, at, at was it uh, me up down? No, and every time I'd cross, I'd walk by him. He go brap brap. I think that, he was threatening to to do a drive by on you. He's just a weird weird guy. I don't know. Because I walk around all the time, like around the house, I make fingerprints of my dog and go brap brap. <laughs> No, so it was, was probably me. He was being serious about it, though. Okay, so my main my main complaint about this album, there's no bass. The bass is like prevalent in like two songs, and I want to hear that bass because when it pops I, up, it's good. Besides every third song, when the flamenco guitar comes in, I'm not sure there are instruments on this album. There are. It's 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 in the liner notes. I I hear what you're saying. It, it all sounds very plastic. Yeah. It's like, um, it's of the time, maybe sort yeah, it's of like culture club. Or this something. album is extremely late eighties. Um, and that's, that's part of the reason that like, I've always been so drawn to it is I love late eighties pop. Um, but the slickness of it is, comes with a sterility. It's very, um, safe and manufactured. And that is boring to me. After yeah. two or three songs, it sounds like the fucking same thing. It's it's all compressed, so it's all the same sound. And it's like uh, I don't know, I don't really know how to describe it. But after listening to it for for you know multiple songs, it's like exhausting to me. Well, I think that's what I mean about like the second half of the album. Uh, yeah. It has it has always felt like a much weaker part of it, um, but that, that's interesting because I've always I've always liked the production on this album. I've always felt it very organic. I think it's good for a song or two, but it's just it's also samey sounding. I think the production um, is stereotypically late 80s like we were just saying and normally i don't like that um i know it's not late 80s but i mean like yeah if you remember uh one of my criticisms of uh, purple rain was the production was too slick and synthetic for my taste um i do think that this is also slick 
and sort of synthetic, not as synthetic sounding, but I feel like on the Buckingham songs, it makes it sound airy and weird and unique. But then on the hit songs, like the Christy McBee stuff, it makes it sound just like, oh, it's 80s pop, you know? Like Though the, the Buckingham songs, like you said, they sound airy and open. And then uh, like the more popular songs do sound a little flat. Um, but like you said, like the, the production could definitely be, I mean, it's like interchangeable with like a police song from the same time period. I'd like say it's so, the same yeah. exact sound. Yes. Yeah. So it's would you say that the production's a bit generic? It's generic. Yeah. It's yeah. generic and it's, um, I think pretty sterile. Yeah. All Buckingham right. saves it with not only his songs for me, but with, you know, when the guitar tone comes in and stuff, that differentiates it enough yeah. for me. It's, it is in itself not a bad thing, but it, it, I see what you're saying it 100%. Is, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. But yeah. There's like one bass line I can think of in this whole album besides apparently everywhere. <laughs> I always thought that was keyboards too. Uh, the bass line in Isn't It Midnight is like the only one in the album that I can remember. Um, like today when I was listening to this, and like I've said, this this remaster is so much clearer than the, the disc I have. Um, I would like kind of stop what I was doing and just straighten and be like, where's the fucking bass? Mm-hmm. And all I could hear is like maybe a little bit of a root note or something. It's almost like a breath of fresh air when you hear like a string instrument on this album. Yeah. It's like, oh, this yeah. is a yeah. fucking band. When it's not just 50 layers of vocals and keyboards, uh-huh. and you're like, whoa, cool. It's kind of funny that like the least uh, prevalent members are the ones that the band's named after on this yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a question, Nick. When you saw Fleetwood Mac, do you remember, did Nick Fleetwood do like a weird-ass like extended like improv bit like I on think, the drums? Yeah, I think he did a solo. Did he do the thing? Because like the second time I saw him, first time he didn't do it, but the second time he did this thing where he was like, "I'm gonna play a little high," and then he like played on like the high cymbals. He was like, "I'm gonna play a little low." Then he was like, and he went on for like ten minutes. That sounds like something I'd hate. I was like, I was like, please stop it. No wonder I don't remember the show. Besides Tusk, just this old homeless-looking man with a vest. Dude, that guy's like gotta start looking better. He's old as shit. <laughs> you, like, know, you got a lot of money, man. Come he on. is going down the wrong road. <laughs> Did you guys know he was on Star Trek The Next Generation? No. Really? Yeah. Who was he? Uh, he's in some episode. I think it's in season two. I'm watching he, through that right now. He plays a tall, like fish-like alien. I was going to say he could be like Worf's brother. No one would notice with any prosthetics. <laughs> Burn. That is a zinger, for sure. He's got to start looking better. <laughs> Once again, he's like he 75. Queer eye for the straight guy. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not even saying like right now. I'm saying like through his whole life. Yeah, he's always, well, I mean, he's like seven feet tall and like 10 pounds. So, <clears throat> so anyways, uh, my other like kind of bad point, the lyrics are mostly nonsense. Um, like, except for, as Dennis said, stevie nicks songs um i mean lyrics like uh isn't it midnight on the other side of the world do you remember the face of a pretty girl like what are you talking about i don't on think that, that lyric's bad on that <laughs> what does it mean 
It's pretty obvious what it means. What does it mean? It means it's late at night and you're thinking about so you're, some chick you met. You're just diddling your little hog? Yeah, maybe. All right. I never on, thought about it that way. On that note, talking about the lyrics being nonsense, I think, and I don't know how to, the, the artistry on this, it sounds like a really masterful band just deciding to make pop music. And that that reflects in the lyrics and it I th- I th- and not all the lyrics, not and not all the songs. Like the Lindsey Buckingham songs are a lot more thoughtful and interesting, but most of this is verse chorus mm-hmm. verse chorus done, you know, and it's very like synth heavy pop. Yeah, it's synth heavy pop and it's really really well done and really really well performed but the artistry on this versus like rumors is uh negligible i don't know i would that's something i never really thought about but i would love to hear this era of fleetwood mac have another crack at like a tusk like album where they do a double album where it's just experimental i'm not familiar with tusk tusk is really weird tusk has like to Lindsay, some of looking Lindsey Buckingham songs are like straight up like proto punk. I would love to hear this band, where every member could be a session musician in, you know, in anything. That's basically Do, Tusk. That's kind of what, how Journey started. They were like session members in other bands, and they just said, well, "Why don't we start our own thing?" You know, I didn't know that. It was really experimental to begin with, but then it evolved into just Journey. You know, because they needed to make money. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, that's good stuff, but... I will say, um, just to piggyback on your point there, Brett, like, I, I put it in my negatives. Um, I understand that, you know, they have so many creative forces in this band, but me having no uh, frame of reference for any other albums of theirs, like, it it doesn't feel like You've a... you heard uh, all of Rumors. I can tell you that for a fact. If Maybe. You, if you listen to that, you will go, oh. Okay. Well, regardless, knowingly listening to Fleetwood Mac, I don't have any other frame of reference, um, but it does sound more like uh, just a collection of ideas instead of like a cohesive effort, uh-huh. unless if you're talking about the Buckingham stuff, of which it's half of an album of a pretty consistent idea for the most part. But then it's sprinkled like with these pockets of like just random shit and a varying quality that's like, kind of an issue with all their albums it's very clear that's what i figured there's three different songwriters and and again tusk is the worst case of it where it's it's so clear that there are like six songs by each person because they sound it's nothing a double album yeah it's like 80 minutes long huh. but the like the like Stevie Nicks' songs compared to Christine McVie's compared to Buckingham, they all sound nothing alike on it. Um, and it kind of hurts it a little bit. Are there any uh, hits from that album that I would know? Uh, Tusk. I don't even know if I know Tusk. Um, Sarah, um, which actually I'm blanking on what it sounds like. But Sarah, I think is Sarah... Is Landslide was, just Stevie Nicks or is that Fleetwood Mac? No, it's Fleetwood Mac. That's, that? on, that's on the self-titled. Okay. Rhiannon and uh, Landslide were on the, on the self-titled beautiful songs <laughs> yes to go back to max's point though i think the lyrics are kind of shitty for the most part too yeah they're nonsense yeah some of them are all right some of them i like 
But, you know, a lot of them I'm like, yeah, these are kind of shitty. The funniest part for me of the whole album, besides, and the second one, because that's just funny. That's the best part. The the lyrics in Caroline where he says, like, it's the laziest rhymes where he says oh, like you know i've got the verses say about yeah that. he yeah. says she's so lazy she's so crazy she's so stagey she's so cagey yeah and it's like come on dude yep you spent 35 seconds writing these lyrics well he probably yep. spent a long time on that fucking poison ivy part at the beginning that's true you know that's a good point nick yeah. okay so i'm done that's that's all my points okay it's all your bad um I think they could have cut a third of this album and had a really lean, you know, pure hits. Which songs would you yeah, cut? Yeah, which songs? This is where we're going to differentiate here, Brett. Yeah. Like I said. Because you're basically wanting this to be an EP. Mystified. Okay. I agree yeah, with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Mystified is a good pace breaker, though, I Isn't will say. Isn't it Midnight? Oh, get fucked. You'd cut that one? Isn't it Midnight's not interesting? The it's song really. where they invented speed metal, okay. It's a fucking dance track with a guitar riff. A speed cool. metal guitar riff. I don't know. It's filler. I thought we said that Deep Purple invented speed metal. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac actually did it like 20 years later. <laughs> like 27 years later. <laughs> when I see you again. Yeah, see, we are disagreeing on this you besides and I Mystified. Part two. Okay, I agree with that. So, four songs. I do here. like You and I part two. Make it a, instead of a 12 track album, eight. Maybe extend the songs a couple I, of minutes. The only no, the only song I, the only song I would definitely cut is Mystified. And then if I had to cut it down to ten songs, I'd probably get rid of Caroline. No way. Ooh. I like Caroline. Ooh. Caroline, Ooh. Caroline is one of the only interesting songs on this. Damn. I don't agree with that. I'm serious. A scathing indictment. A truly scathing indictment. <laughs> Brett's putting his fucking flag in the sand. Um. Yeah. Or drawing a line in the sand. Fuck, what is that? what's that saying? Putting his head in the sand. Yeah, that one. He's picked a hill to die on. Yeah. Putting my head in the sand? No, I'm putting my foot down. Putting your foot Shit. Right, in, right in the swamp. I'm making decisions. Did you guys know that wet sand is crazy hard? Just like me. What? <laughs> <laughs> wet sand is crazy Just hard. Like you when you're listening I swung to my foot down on yeah. I was like, ooh, this is going to make a good indention. And boy, I felt like I broke my heel. Now I'm I'm just I'm just picturing fucking this year. Was you like last week <laughs> Sorry. playing in the sand. <laughs> I'm picturing Dennis now with his uh, overall at the end when we do our wrap off. He's just like overall I like it. It gets me hard. Um, <laughs> Love yeah. me a consistent quarter job. Yeah. Also, I listened to Down Endless Street a demo, <laughs> and then I went, hang on. This is done. So they should cut that. You one. would cut that one. I'm glad they cut that. Yeah. One. <laughs> good, good decision, Dennis. Can that uh, be your sign off? Like you, know, like for every album. Um, you know, honestly, it did not make me very hard. <laughs> I give this album a thumbs down. If we want to get into middle tier, Family Man and Welcome to the Room. Family Man's cute. Welcome to the Room's thoughtful. You know, that's, okay. It's not bad. Um, and then just basically what I was saying about. The artistry on half of this is it's pretty much pop music by people who know exactly how to make money mm-hmm. and yeah. it's not a bad thing like that's not that's that takes a lot of skill but i don't know if it took as much thought as i would have liked you know what i mean it's very like precise yeah it's precise and it's i guess really safe and radio uh it's it's meant to be on the radio mm-hmm. except for a few of those Lindsay buckingham tracks 
And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that in itself, but when half of the album is, it sounds like they just spit it out for money, and it worked. Which, like you said, is kind of amazing. It's, yes, they, it is truly amazing. That it can sound like they just shit this out, but yeah. they know what they're doing so well. They're shitting gold. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, Street sparkling truly dookie. shit some gold. Um, that's all I got. The production and the, you know, uh, just the, the overall, the feel of the album. Okay. It's, it's, it's uh, too slick for me, I think. That's fair. Well, I can understand that. Definitely. I definitely can. Okay, we're skipping Nick and going straight to Dennis. What? All right, cool. I've had mostly good things to say. Uh, Nick is going to talk shit on You and I Part 2 starting now. I don't even remember You and I Part 2. He goes, you, 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 and I. I'm going to be honest. I listened to this album three or four times, and I, after Little Lies, no, after Welcome to the Room. This entire time, you've only listened to it three or four times? He didn't know what it was until like three days ago. That was real? Hmm? <laughs> I, I thought it was a cute joke. How many times are you guys listening to these albums? I listen to this one a shit ton. Yeah, we had an extended time. I've probably listened to this like 25 times. I, this, I'm this probably album, around there too, to be honest with you. This is exhausting to me to get through. After, Damn. It, it's also fucking... The production is exhausting. I, I fucking tune out around Isn't It Midnight. There is something to say about this that I will say, which I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it then, brother. <laughs> but uh, I I almost feel like I would f- be in Brett's shoes right now if I had only listened to this like a few times. Because I wasn't really digging this that much until I just started recreationally listening to it more. Like I said, I didn't like the title track really. It was In One Year Out The Other for me. And now it's like my favorite song on the album. The, the more I like, listened to it, the more I liked it. Yeah. A few, although a there few, are a few exceptions. Seven Wonders me. grew on me the second and third time. I went, okay, I do like this song. Um, half of these songs I've heard 500 times in my life. Big Love, Everywhere, Little Lies. I don't need to hear those anymore. Oh, Not that I... I think they're wonderful. You just set off a light bulb in my head. Big Love, Little Lies. I wonder if there's a little bit of a... I could do that on purpose. Wow. I don't know. Shit. Maybe. Yeah, th- this, is, this is one of those Damn, albums. We're really breaking this album down. It's This was one of those albums where it's kind of interesting for me to hear you guys talk about it because this is an album I've probably listened to 200 times, you know, over the last almost a decade. Um, and, like, these notes I took are kind of, like, perfunctory. Like, I wrote these, like, 10 minutes before I came over just so that I could have, like, a little more focused talking points. Well, you're a master speech craft crafter. Yes, as evidenced earlier. Crafty. You're my second favorite carpenter after jesus christ thank you yeah uh, carpenter you, of words are you honest with that it's not a long list mario no. was originally a carpenter <laughs> no. mario was originally so named maria number three okay after mario and christ it's, it's pretty good <laughs> yeah, did you guys first. <laughs> did you, have you guys ever seen face off no i've never seen that Okay, well, there's a scene in Face Off where they're in a prison and they're all wearing magnetic boots, and it's actually the Koopa Troopas' uh, shoes from the Super Mario Brothers movie. I love that movie. I love Super Mario Brothers. It's it's, it's unfairly bashed. It's a buzz. I haven't seen it since I was like six. I remember it was weird as shit. It's bizarre, but it's entertaining. I I love it. It's like a weird dark B fantasy movie. Yeah, how can you go wrong with John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins? <laughs> I know. Is it Bob Hoskins? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's great. 
they admitted they were drunk the whole time. That's even better. The 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 live action Mario I remember way more is from the um the Nintendo Variety Hour show whatever it was. Mm. And With, um, he go the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. What was his name? He was like a wrestler. Captain Lou Albano. Albona. Sure. Hey, Pizzanos. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like Luigi. <laughs> the go, pasta's here. Go and grab my wrench. And Luigi would be like, but Mario. <laughs> We gotta play the Legend of Zelda cartoon. <laughs> They'd be like, "Excuse oh. me, princess." <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, Tango okay. in the night. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I don't. I forget. What are we even? Is it next turn? What are yeah, we, I lost yeah. track of what Let's was see. going on. Going into my bad. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, half this album is a uh, grocery store core. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, and and to me, the the poppy singles on the album make it feel unfocused and those are the ones that i like feel like skipping the most with the exception of seven wonders i like that one um if uh if i'm to piggyback off brett's if he could cut songs i'll tell you i cut everywhere no you fucking liar (laughs) i'm not lying i'd cut everywhere i'd cut mystified i'd cut little lies what the fuck i'd cut family man and you and I part two. Oh, so you hate fun and joy? You hate, I don't like fun in my music. You know that. <laughs> you hate two of the biggest pop hits of 1987. I don't. I didn't say I hated them. You hate I'm saying the I don't. Songs I don't. Album. I don't think they fit. The ones that I gravitated towards were mostly the Buckingham songs, besides Family Man. And like, I don't know. It it just those I'm are the about songs. To dox on you, your bro. on your influences on Facebook. Lindsay Buckingham in parentheses besides family man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. So I'd cut a significant chunk of this album, but I enjoy the other. Yeah, I mean, that's still, I still leaves over half the album and I enjoy that so much that it doesn't really affect me. Like, I mean, like I, I really enjoy the stuff that I like on this album a lot. And the rest like, of it's kind of like stuff you, you get through. And then when the good stuff comes back, it's even better. There's no song on here that I'm like, it's bad, I don't want to finish it, besides You and I Part 2. That's the only one I don't really like. I can't believe that. I don't like it, man. It's a weird way to end the album after such a, like I said, When I See You Again feels like the closer to me. And like, I don't like the way that it ends the record. It sounds like a fucking uh, sitcom opening. (laughs) They should have closed it at Welcome to the Room. But yeah, or, um, I don't know. I also just had a couple notes. Uh, yeah, I said you know some of the lyrics are kind of shitty. Uh, also, half the time the structure of the album makes me forget that Stevie Nicks is in the band. I know that she's only in three songs. Yeah. We've talked about that. She's like the face of the band. <laughs> I put yeah. one note here that just said I must have been listening to one of the songs where their vocals are kind of weird. I was just like, I was like, is Stevie Nicks a singer? <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, he's the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> also, Big Love, not a fan of the Moans. Caroline, love the song. Lyrics are kind of lame. Mystified, meandering and boring. Yeah. I want it to be cooler than it is. Little eyes, in one ear, out the other. No way. Also, Gosh. when Stevie Nicks comes in on that chorus and the lines that she sings, I'm always like, oh yeah, she's in this band. Uh, family Man, I think I hated this one the more I listened to it. <laughs> 
Family man's cute. I didn't yeah. mind it at all. I, I put my, one of my notes is just, I mean, dot, dot, dot. It's funny. But <laughs> yeah. then, like, I hate the low vocals. The fucking, a family man. I hate that. And I know that part. most of the Buckingham songs on this album, you kind of touched on this earlier, Brett. Uh, they have, like, that Spanish guitar influence, kind of, like, mixed with, like, the poppy moody stuff. And I really like that on all the other songs. But on this song, it just feels like weird and then it's got those ultra heavy processed drums on that song and i just don't think it fits i don't like it uh um, like it yeah i don't like it and uh on isn't it midnight even though i like that song uh the backups when they say the face is a pretty girl you know the face of a pretty girl i hate that late 80s shit girl. where they fucking just the like a line is repeated with just like a spoken voice I hate that. Yeah, but it's breathy and a little sexy. Sucks. It's supposed to give you a quarter chub. It sucks. It's, I'm not Dennis. I don't, I don't get hard from it. this. <laughs> I don't hate it. Steve I don't Nicks. love it. I don't remember it. But, um, like I said, even with all that, I, like, I love the shit that I like on this album a lot. Side note, this whole time you've had this shadow on your shirt of the heart of the. Uh, it looks like a stain. I thought you sp- you've been like spilling on yourself or something, <laughs> <laughs> or sweating. I was gonna ask you. He's just been Dude, drooling. Are you sweating or just drooling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean, it, you know, li- minor complaints in my opinion for the most part on this record. I enjoyed it a lot more than I ever expected to. Okay. To be honest, that was also uh, a little behind-the-scenes talk for you guys. That was a bit part of why I chose this one over the other Fleetwood Mac albums, because I feel like this one kind of has the most interesting stuff to talk about. So, Inside baseball? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shit, you guys are getting a little intel on how we work here. Yeah. It is all planned. <laughs> wow. That's show business. Um, no business like it. Yeah. Are, are, you, are you finished? Next? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's okay. it for me. Um, all right, everyone. Strap in. Yeah, strap I, in. I, We're about to. My get friend some. Dennis is going to talk now. Bullet yeah. point, Dennis. The very the first negative thing that I noticed about this album is how much I don't like Mick Fleetwood's drumming on Big Love. It's really distracting and it sounds super fake. I am truly not convinced that he drummed. I'm not either. I'm not either. Um, I also don't don't like the the sex sounds. Uh, part. Ooh. Just, I thought it was ah. stupid. I never liked uh. it. I never warmed up to it. Oh. I, I just I disliked it immediately and I still dislike it. Um, side note, Dennis. Yeah. I highly recommend look up their live performance, The Dance. Lindsey Buckingham's rendition of the sax noises is hysterical. I'm sure it's hilarious. I might look that up. Um, uh, moving on, uh, the only bad thing I kind of have to say about Seven Wonders is there's a little keyboard part that sounds pretty dated at the end of the chorus, and it's kind of distracting. I love it. it. It only It's only like three or oh, four No. That's right at the beginning. It's it's at the very end of the course. It's just like three notes, like dun 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 dun, or something like that. Three or four notes. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that. I will say when I was listening, I was fiddling around on a keyboard. Seven Wonders and Everywhere. It's two songs back to back in E major, which is kind of a faux pas. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I don't have a bad thing to say about Everywhere. I think it's a great pop song. Um, definitely wouldn't cut it. That's for sure. I would. About to cut you, Nick. Um, <laughs> Caroline, uh, this is my second least favorite song on the album. Um, Man, that's I don't, fucked. I don't like the like tribal intro thing. The poison ivy. Yeah, I think it sounds stupid. <laughs> that's really interesting. 
like instrumentation on the album. The only thing no, I could say it's bad. It's only instrumentation on the album. You don't think the intro, to, the main line to Big Love, the is guitar dope? lick? Okay. Besides the guitar that comes in in every third song. Okay. Uh, just other things that I don't like about Caroline. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't like the verse lyrics and the vocals. I think his rhymes are super lazy. The, the lyrics suck. Yeah. The song is dope. The lyrics are I hilarious. I don't know. I mean, I, I think of the song positively, but just barely. Like this song to me kind of sounds like it could be a Roxette song, and I hate Roxette. I like Roxette. Yeah, I, well, I can't stand them. Um, yeah, this is this is also another one where I really don't like the drums. They sound really fake to me. Um, I can hear that. Yeah. Uh, Mystified, I think it's a total filler song. There's nothing good or bad to say about it. It's just whatever. Uh, I wish it wasn't there. <laughs> um, I enjoy Family Man, but I will say that the super low backing vocals are silly. That makes the song funny. That's Otherwise, it's kind of a cute song, but the... That makes it like silly. he doesn't have to keep telling us. I don't think anyone's questioning him about it. <laughs> I'm, he's one of the like most notoriously drugged out men in the world. Yeah, he's like, oh, I swear, I'm good to my kids. <laughs> I mean, that song was court ordered. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you mention mother, father, brother. Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, just skipping to Isn't It Midnight. I like the song a lot, but I will say some of the vocals, especially in the second verse, like the vocal melodies, they sound really awkward. I'm not really sure what's going on. Like the part where she's like, You had a smile, smile, rakish smile. That's the first second. verse. Is that the first verse? Yeah. Yeah, it's the a, it's a second verse where I feel like she kind of like, she's like, like struggling really to keep time to or something. Album, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think I she's, she's like struggling better. to keep time or something. <laughs> The first verse on that song, like I said in the good, was like that. Especially that last line is fucking. It hits me real good. I I love that movement that she does. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, and then just the other, the final negative thing I got to say about it. And you and I part two. Um, I think the keyboard sounded a little funny in that song. I'm not really sure what's going on with it, but yeah, that's about the only bad thing I got to say about it. Junk it. No. Yeah, that song's like weird. Like it's like super bright. You guys, you guys don't have any thoughts on Down Endless Street? I didn't listen to it. No, never heard it. No. Damn. How much time have I wasted? Oh, apparently I couldn't you listened to four it. Minutes. Yeah, you only listened to this album three or four times, so you didn't waste a whole lot of time. And yet it's all so deeply set in my noggin. Is it? <laughs> it's because it's only know. been for the last three days. <laughs> well, and half of it on the radio and in elevators for That's my entire true. life. Okay, fair enough. Let's. Should we wrap it up with our overalls? I guess so. Hell yes. Um, I guess... Overalls and score. Uh, my overall thoughts. I love this album. I always have. Um, I think it's pretty flawed, but it's one of those ones that I just, you know, I love it. Okay. Um, should I get my score now? If that's all you got to say about your overall, sure. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, again, I, I'm a, I love this album. I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. Um, I give it an 87. Okay. Yeah. Would you say it's your favorite Fleetwood Mac record? My favorite one kind of flip-flops between this one and Rumors. May I suggest, since you like this album so much, there's a band called Device, and they have an album called 22B3. You should check that out. That sounds cool. 
Brett? I think I've said all I can really say. This is a well-crafted album by uh, honed professionals. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty... Besides the radio hits that I'm honestly kind of... I wouldn't say sick of, but they're saturated in my life. I don't need to hear them again. The rest of it is pretty um, in one ear out the other to me. Hmm. And it's not a bad thing. This is... I mean, this is in... I'm going to put this in an average spot. I'm going to say 72 that's that's more generous than I. That's actually way more generous than I expected from you. I mean, I think it's I think it's really well done. I don't think there's any. It's not. That sounds kind of like how I felt about um, the Deep Purple album, where I was like, I can understand that this is pretty much objectively like a masterpiece of like a hard rock album, but it's just not for me. But Deep Purple, that album was like influential and artistic. This is like a band getting that, on in their days. That's a fair point. Just putting something out that happens to be really, really, really good. Yeah. I don't know if I call it, a song about space truck and artistic. I want to fucking knock that <laughs> stupid fucking smile off your face. I'm about to knock your fucking block off. <laughs> I'm with Brett here. I think we're going to double punch wanna, you right in the face. I want to pop his top. Uh,. Where was I going? The, oh, you already rated it. It's, so uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like they were following trends. It sounds like they got a slick young producer, and they wrote. You could tell Lindsey Buckingham came in with four songs, and they said, "All right, everyone, fucking write a hit." Hmm. Yeah, and, and then they did that. Then he and they quit, did it. And, and no one cared about Fleetwood Mac for another like twenty years. Yeah, but I mean, they were they were already you know, fucking 20 years into their career. Not this lineup exactly, but but still, I mean, it's impressive that they did it, and they did it really well and effortlessly. But the artistry isn't on par with, I think, their older stuff and with the kind of stuff that I would actually like to listen to. So if, say, 70 is an average well-made record, I'm going to give it two extra points for being... For little lies and everywhere. Seven seventy, in your opinion, average record. What is average then? I'm so fucking confused on this. I, my average. You, it a means 50. what you want it to mean. 50. Personally, I give it a fifty. Typically, I give it a fifty-two. That's my average rating. Okay. Typically, like in my journal, if it's an album that I was like, you know, I'm kidding. I'm staying at seventy-two. This is okay. But if it's one that I'm like, this was pretty good, but I don't think I'm going to listen to it again. That's a six out of ten for me. I will never put this album on again in my life. I'm going to hear it accidentally for the rest of my life. <laughs> See, now, so am I that, rating it too high? Yeah, that'd be like a 5.5. It's 5. your 5. opinion, Brett, on how the ratings work. 50 is a flunk to me. Okay. Okay. That, I mean, you rate it how you rate Someone it. Not don't, don't rate it based on how one of us rates it. Sounds Someone, like an American schoolboy bitch. Something I would really listen to is going to be an 85 <laughs> or up. Okay. Nick? Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is an interesting... Uh, assortment of songs uh, a lot of which i really really enjoy and i feel like i'll definitely go back to um uh i will say though about a third of this album is bland uh, grocery shit to me 
Um, <laughs> I was like, maybe because uh, that's maybe because some of those songs have been ingrained in me before I even knew it was Fleetwood Mac, you know, um, basically what Brett was saying. Um, if listening straight through, it does kind of lose me in spots and towards the end. Um, however, the songs that are great to me are really great. The Buckingham stuff uh, in particular stands out for me. Um, <laughs> I hate to be this contrarian again, but the extremely uh, poppy hits just throw off the album for me for the most part. Um, I, it just kind of makes me lose interest and focus throughout the album, and then it brings me back, like, you know, with other songs. Um, also, I, I know the backstory and I know all this stuff, but like, it's it if you just listen to the album like if you didn't know anything about the personal drama it feels like they just forgot stevie nicks was in this band half the time on this record like mm-hmm. i know she was all drunky and stuff and didn't want to be there but <laughs> like drunky. it just feels weird when she just pops in yeah, she's like, just it's like, like hey it's my song it, yeah or even yeah. if it's not her song if she's just on a backing track or something it's just like oh yeah forgot you know and Maybe that's how all their albums feel. I don't know, because they do have three different singers. I mean, I'm not really sure, you know. But um, either way, all the praises... I feel, like, I feel like normally the like the chorus vocals would be... You'd hear the blend of their voices more. Yeah. But on this, you'd hear, you know... One or the other. One or the other. Yeah. I mean, either way, all, the, all these like praises and critiques, um, to me, are just a testament to how uh, great this band can be for multiple different reasons for multiple different people i mean they must have a fucking eclectic fan base i mean i remember going to go see them and i really did see like a little bit of everybody it seemed like you know from all walks of life at least so i mean maybe that's the point they're kind of a something for everybody type of band i guess they're an extremely safe a pop band. group yeah yeah and like uh which is cool in theory, but it makes for a kind of a weird album experience as a whole. But considering I like most of the album quite a bit, uh, it outweighs the parts that I didn't enjoy so much. Um, I gave it an 80. Dip. Damn. Drew. Oh, okay. Well, dog and doozle. Dennis, what'd you do? Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to like on the album. Um, I'd say it's got mostly consistent songwriting, um, and it was recorded under not so good circumstances, and it turned out particularly well, which I was found kind of surprising uh they did a really good job with it mainly i mean Lindsay. Lindsay kind of took the reins for it and a lot of credit goes to him uh yeah i mean fleetwood mac at this era of the band they have three very strong vocalists and that's definitely a strength uh there's two huge hits from christine mcvee on this album that i enjoy i definitely wouldn't cut them um <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. Dude, those shit are the for that. Best two songs. Nick, we've actually voted to remove you from the podcast. Yeah, whatever. I didn't like Prince. Opinion. Don't like Christy McVie songs. You've been banished. <laughs> um, but yeah, just some of the bad things though. The sterile plastic '80s production. Um, like it's a negative, but it's a very minor one for me. I feel like it could have been way worse. Um, they could have gone like real stupid with it, like Mutt Lang, like how Hysteria sounds and. But this is, yeah. the, this is still, it sounds like a new wave band of the day, you know. It, it's it's, it's very much of its time, but I, I feel like the production doesn't go into the, like, trashy side of that late 80s production very much. Like, it still seems tasteful for the yeah, most part. The production doesn't overtake the songwriting. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it really does it any favors either, though. 
I think it overtakes it most of the time. It, it's this is a synth album. See, this is interesting yeah. for me because, like, growing up, probably around this time period in my life, I love that kind of, um, like, almost synthetic '80s sound. Like on like uh, uh, Anthrax's the the first album with Joey Belladonna, like the snare sound is like a kind of sound where it almost sounds like a MIDI. I love that shit. So, I like, I like eighties very. Um, I don't want to say besides like almost synthesized production techniques. Crisp. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff a lot. So it's it's it's, it's interesting all... to hear you guys talk about not liking it. See, I normally um, I don't it. like that shit too. I mean, but it really didn't like overtake this album for me. Besides a few songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very minor negative for me. It could have been a lot worse. Is what I'm saying. Um, and just kind of going along with the production as well. Uh, Mick Fleetwood might as well be a drum machine on this <laughs> album. I know he's credited as playing drums. I, I kind of half don't believe it. He might as well be a drum machine on like every album. Yeah. I would honestly be surprised if John McVie played bass. It it really sounds like there's barely a fucking... Yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me either. He went... It sounds like he signed his name and said, Sure. I have a boat to hang out. I gotta go sailing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Lindsey Buckingham was like, "All right, I'll just distort this guitar a little bit, I guess." Yeah, um, I'm trying to go for a swim in my money room, my room full of coins. (laughs) I'm trying to fill the ocean with my money. (laughs) (laughs) The the criticism with maybe it is, maybe it isn't John McPhee on this album is fair. Um, I will say that he's. He's a little bit underrated for his performance on this album, if it is him. I mean, he's very subtle, but when you hear him, I, I like how we're doing. like, if it's him. <laughs> if it's him. <laughs> we're just starting this, like, baseless rumor. John McVean never performed on any Fleetwood Mac album. <laughs> he actually died in 1962. Fleetwood <laughs> and McVean never performed on a Fleetwood Mac record. The real John McVean never picked up a bass guitar. They've actually been <laughs> in his dead life. the whole time. <laughs> Uh, and just my final point in the overall, um, I was surprised at how well Lindsey Buckingham fits the role of like an '80s guitar rocker. Like yeah. I was impressed with what he was doing, and I wasn't expecting that. Um, it's a good album. I really enjoy it. It's definitely flawed though, um, and I totally agree with Nick. I gave it an 80. Alrighty. All right, boys. Let's get a drum roll, please. Oh shit, this might be the lowest one so far. Uh-oh. The lowest? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's only got Purple Rain and Machine Head to go up against. We're at so. a 79.75. What do we got? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, well, actually, yes, out of... Uh, We're only doing the canon Out of albums. official reviews. Yeah. Out of canon in uh, Musical Square's lore, this is the lowest rated album. But also by, third best. Also third best of all time. I love that. Yeah. That's a glass half full kind of mentality. So that wraps up um, Max's special Tango in the Night Extravaganza. Good record. Um, I'm glad I finally got to share this with all you guys. I'm glad you did too. I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Um, Good pick. It was exactly what I thought it would be. This is the kind of thing I'm really looking forward to. That's the main one this week. That is interesting. This is the kind of thing I'm really looking forward to with this. Is Brett, shut up. (laughs) Did you get hard? (laughs) I did. (laughs) I I love to be horny. You know what? I am fully erect. Um, Well, I guess I'm going to pass 
the lead over to Nicholas. Oh, shit. Are we going to do a little guessing game? Nick I still time. need to pick it. Oh, he's got he's got to roll see. the dice. He hasn't Let's decided. See. Don't don't I peek. Got, don't I got peek. three records that I think would all be great uh, discussions for different reasons. Um, I couldn't decide. And they're all different enough from the stuff we've already picked. So I think that'd be good. But I could really couldn't pick. So I'm going to put them in the food wheel real quick and spin. Can I tell you guys see, uh, the where to go to dinner wheel? Okay. Okay, we got to guess first. Yeah. Give some hints. Or do we just point blank guess? Um, this record came out in 89. Uh, oh, Skid Row. <laughs> that's really funny because when me and Dennis were talking about this earlier, he guessed that I would pick Skid Row. Is it Warrant? Uh, no. Um, not necessarily a metal band. Actually, more classified by people's memory as like a 90s band. Um, I swear to God, if it's huh? Blind Melon? No. no. Is this Alice in Chains? No. Okay. Let's was, let him talk. I don't. I want to. I want to have some. Yeah. Give give some hints. Hints first. Yeah. This record has this band's biggest hit by far. It's one that everyone kind of knows. Um, it, it's a it's an eclectic album, so we're gonna have fun talking about it for is sure. It Soundgarden? No. It's not ten, is it? Mm. Huh. No. Is it Typo us, Negative's first album? Give us a hint, like a real hint, not just a. It's uh, this give band. Us initials of the singer's name. It's this band's <laughs> third record. Melvin's. Third. No, it's their third record. Oh, first shit. one. First one with this singer. Uh, hmm. Faith No More. Yep. We're doing the real thing. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a good one. <laughs> We're gonna do the real thing. Nick, you broke the streak of us reviewing albums that I personally own on CD. No. <laughs> I don't own that one. It's going to be fun. That's interesting, though. Would you consider that as big of a hit as the three we've picked? Yeah. With Epic on it, yeah. That's Everybody true. knows that fucking song. That's big. That's a And from out of nowhere. That's like... That's Epic, big, everybody like, knows that fucking 90s song. 90s metal thing. Yeah. We're going to have fun with that one. I'm yeah, I'm excited. That yeah. That's going to be another one. I'm going to have fun it. with Dennis on that one. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, that's a, that's have a you ever listened to this album, Dennis? I only know Epic. Okay, yeah, Ooh, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun with this I, uh, one. <laughs> I, I don't like rap. All right, so we'll see you next time for Mr. Bungles, California. <laughs> don't throw him off like that. I'm just kidding. That? I found that album. We're not doing most, Mr. Butthole. This will be the, <laughs> this will be the most modern Bye, album everyone. we've done. Listen well, along, and we would love to hear any feedback, if there is a source for feedback by the time we post this. Yeah, I mean, if you guys think that uh, everybody here sucks except for me, and you just want to hear me talk more, uh, definitely let us know. If you like those bullet points. Yeah, I mean, I got more bullet points. He can like, email you PowerPoints. He's got, I don't have PowerPoints. He's point. got an Excel list written out. He's got tomes. I'm in Excel right now. Okay. Bye. Bye.